0: Welcome to another Mlex podcast. I'm Sam Wilkin, Brussels news editor, and today we're going to talk about Europe's response to big US tariffs imposed recently of 25% on steel and 10% on aluminium. The EU is pitching for an exemption, but how likely is it to succeed and what could this exemption look like? To answer those questions and more, I'm joined by our two Brussels-based trade reporters, Poppy Carnell and Joanna Sapinska. Hello, Poppy and Joanna. Hi
1: there.
0: Joanna, start us off, please. Give us a quick overview of what's at stake. How how big a deal is this for Europe?
1: This is a very serious issue for the European Union because the magnitude of these measures is really big. Not only in terms of the value, which is estimated at around 1.6 billion euros in additional tariffs, but also in terms of the negative impact it can have on the global trading system. The European steel industry estimates that EU exports to the US of steel could be cut by half. This could uh, put in jeopardy some 20,000 uh, jobs in Europe, only in the steel industry.
0: So what's, what's the EU doing in response to this?
1: The EU was quick to uh, announce three-pronged strategy to counter the US measures. It plans to uh, impose uh, extra tariffs on uh, around 200 US uh, products of an estimated value of around 4 billion euros. The EU is also planning to challenge the US measures at the WTO, the World Trade Organization, in cooperation with uh, possibly other WTO members. And it is also planning to um, impose uh, its own safeguards to block possible... Uh, imports of uh, steel and aluminium, which could be re- redirected from the US.
0: OK, so we've got a sort of direct retaliation. We've got a process at the WTO, which, which I suppose could have the tariffs overturned, but would, would take a long time. And then yeah. a safeguard to sort of guard against the secondary, the trade flows being disrupted.
1: Yes, all these measures are ready for use and uh, supported by uh, not only business leaders, but also politicians across Europe.
0: Poppy, I'm going to talk about one other sort of thing that the EU is 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 hoping for, perhaps, and that's an exemption which would be negotiated directly, I, I guess, with the US, and would perhaps mean that these other measures might not be necessary. How is the EU planning to go about that?
2: The EU is now in talks uh, with the US on how exactly it can um, achieve these exemptions. Trump uh, outlined the details on Monday that there are two different ways that a country or companies can go about asking for these exemptions. So the first one is through discussions directly with the US Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer. Um, This is for countries and therefore the EU directly will be asking to um, to get exemptions from him. Um, But exemptions will only be given um, according to Trump if they address certain issues on national securities. Um, So that will be whether the EU can convince the US that, there are, that there's not the same threat in terms of national security, but exactly what they can do to appease the US um, is very vague at this point. The second option is for US companies to ask directly for exemptions Um, on behalf of certain imported goods. And this would be to the US uh, Trade Department of Commerce. Um, But in order to do this, they have to either show that um, they can't get those products from the US market domestically, um, or that it would be to the benefit of national security. Um, So even though this is through US companies, for example the UK is already in contact with its own companies to try and help them talk to companies in the US to see how they can um, help with getting exemptions and we'd imagine that other member states will be doing the same.
0: Right so you'd have a, a sort of a US company let's say Harley Davidson needs steel to make motorcycles and they could apply to the Department of Commerce to say in order to be competitive we need we need imported steel. Exactly. of a certain type.
2: Yes, exactly. And that that might be the question of how successful they are. Is there a certain type of steel or grade of steel that they get from the EU that they can't find in the US? Mm. That would be the big question. Um,
0: so between those two broad approaches of country-level or, in Europe's case, EU-level exemption or, or the specific ones, which is the more likely to, to succeed, do you think?
2: Oh, that's really difficult to tell. <laughs> um, this whole process has been... So uh, difficult to predict. Um, the The first option is so much, um, so much more political. Um, that's really the high level politics, and whether the EU or Japan or other countries can can persuade the the highest levels within the U.S. government to to give them the exemptions. So that I really wouldn't want to try and guess. Um, but you could imagine that there would be some exemptions from certain companies. You know, so on a lower level, we might see uh, certain certain products or certain companies being able to uh, to gain exemptions here and there.
0: Joanna, cu- coming back to you. So um, Poppy's just described this sort of two two scenarios for exemptions. How much of the damage would would it mitigate if either of these were to be successful?
1: Of course the first option the eu-wide exemption would be the best one because then trade could continue under current conditions there won't be any extra tariffs on the eu exports the second option we of course don't know exactly how many companies can apply for the exemptions and how many of them could be could be successful, and how many products could be excluded? So it's really hard to say uh, to compare these two processes and to say what would be the the final effect of both exemptions.
0: So you mentioned these twenty thousand jobs um, earlier under the first the first example. If EU could get that blanket exemption, all those jobs would be would be safe, presumably.
1: Yes, the only uh, threat which remains is the redirected. Uh, imports from other countries, which would uh, be under the tariffs, which would not get the, ex- the exemptions. So these uh, exports will have to go somewhere.
0: So you see an increase in, for example, Indian steel into the EU right. market, and that's what the EU safeguard exemptions okay. are aiming to, to counter.
1: Yes, this is the, the main goal of the safeguard measures, which the EU is uh, thinking of putting in place.
0: Poppy, let's, let's now talk about the worst case scenario. Um, what happens if there's no exemption for the EU, uh, if it retaliates, if there's an escalation, if other countries start putting in place their own measures? Do, do we have a global trade war on our hands?
2: Well, um, that would be the worst case scenario. Um that uh, the the EU would retaliate, the US would retaliate, and then other countries, of course, this isn't just about the EU and the US, this is other countries that might then impose their own safeguard measures, for example, so they're blocking off their own markets. I, yeah, it really could escalate to something that no one would really want to see. And certainly the the EU is serious um, with this uh, list of products that they would retaliate against the US with, with tariffs. Mm. but. I think it is important to say that no one really wants a trade war. Um, Donald Tusk, I think, tweeted this week saying that a trade war was bad and easy to lose. And that's exactly the point here, that if we all stop trading with each other, then everyone's going to be losing out.
0: And that, of course, a response to the other Donald's tweets that trade wars (laughs) are good and easy to win. (laughs) You know, how do the adults in the room go about de-escalating this?
2: Well, I think the main thing really is for negotiators to keep a cool head and to keep the dialogue open, you know, continue talks with the US to really try to address uh, Donald Trump's um, issues on national security, but also among WTO members, you know, to continue talking to China, to Brazil, to Russia, to India, to, you know, the other big steel and aluminium producers of the world. To make sure that they are being as sensible as they can.
0: Hmm. And do you think the EU has a, a sort of leadership role in that respect?
2: Yes, I, I think I think they really do. and the the, the EU definitely sees itself as um, one of the main leaders in the WTO and in terms of keeping the world open to to free trade.
0: Great. Well, that is plenty for us to to think about and to watch in the coming weeks, not only in the EU and the US, but um, but all around the world as well for this very global story. It's time now to say goodbye and thank you to Poppy and Joanna.
1: Thank you very much.
0: And for me to point out some of our related coverage that you can find on the same web page as this podcast. If you want to hear more from us, subscribe to our podcasts on your preferred platform. Bye for now and see you next time.